Hey, welcome to the Vagina Monologues, a podcast where women ask men about women, vaginas, sex and sexuality. We want as many different voices on here as possible, so if you think you can bring an interesting or provocative perspective, sign up at thevaginamanologues.com. We are proudly supported by myladybug.ie, a period subscription box. Their mission is to take the drama out of periods. They even put some sweets and treats inside your monthly delivery to make you feel better, just when you need it the most. Okay, here's the episode. James, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, I would. <laughs> Hello, my name's James McGowan and I'm from Brighton. I'm 35 uh, years old. Lovely. Um, so, straight in. When did you first realise you were gay? Wow, I first realised I was gay from quite a young age, actually. I think I think I knew I was different to most other people, as in my sexual preferences from quite young. And I'd say as young as five, six. I remember, um, I remember the Grattan catalogue coming out and getting excited over the men's underwear section, whereas my brothers were busy looking at the women's underwear section. <laughs> I think that... Uh, cemented my my future <laughs> um and did you encounter a vagina sexually before realizing you were gay or or when you did no as i was um growing up i didn't want to be a homosexual that was the last thing i wanted i have got very two i've got two very alpha male brothers as well as an alpha male dad um my poor mother. Um, but so yeah, growing up, it was I didn't want to be gay. Um, even though my some of my first sexual experiences were with men or boys, should I say? Um, growing up, I didn't sleep with a girl until I was eighteen. Um, and that was out of purely wanting to be straight or wanting to to well yeah to lose my virginity, have sex. <laughs> And do you remember how you, like, how you felt when you first came across a vagina? <laughs> what was your first thoughts on a vagina? My first thoughts on a vagina um, was that they were quite moist. <laughs> and um, they, I didn't like them. <laughs> I just wasn't sexually aroused by a vagina. It was... Yeah, I think I like the, the idea of, um, I don't know, like all teenage boys, the idea of sex was, you know, like this massive thing and was really exciting and something I really wanted to explore. But when I actually got down to, you know, losing my virginity and having sex with a girl, um, I started losing my hard on. I started realising why I'm half, you know, mid-flow of having sex, that this really isn't for me. I'm really not into this. And then it became a massive performance issue, a massive issue in my head. Okay, so when you think of vaginas now, do you, like, what do you actually associate with them? Obviously, because you're not having sex with them. So how do you, like, in your head, compute them? In my head, the way I see vaginas now as an adult and as knowing and being very confident within my sexuality, um, I kind of see vaginas... As a means to an end, they create babies, they're a lovely flower, <laughs> you know, they're women's power. I mean, 
everyone says, you know, you grow some balls about you. Do you know what I mean? No, grow a vagina because vaginas go through a lot. <laughs> they give birth. They go through periods constantly. They're tough cookies. They're not like a saggy pair of balls, which are, you know, so sensitive. If you could flick them, <laughs> you're in pain for hours. <laughs> nice. True. What would you say the like main differences between a cock and a vagina are? Um, there's quite a lot of differences between a cock and vagina. Um, firstly, one, firstly, I find cocks attractive. I don't find vaginas very attractive at all. Um, cocks are they're out there. They're there to be seen. They wanna they wanna be touched. <laughs> you know, particularly when they're hard. They're <laughs> They're protruding. They want to know. You know, they, they make sure you... When they're out, they, they want attention and they make sure you know about it. <laughs> Vaginas, for me, on the other hand, are... They're an axe wound. <laughs> <laughs> they're just... Uh, I don't... I Yeah, I, I don't find them attractive at all. I, You know, they're pretty things for ladies. I've only really ever seen... A couple up close, um, and from what I saw of them, you know, they look great, but they, yeah, they're not for me. <laughs> Excellent. Um, do you ever wonder what it would be like to have a vagina? Um, have I ever wondered what it's like to have a vagina? Yes, no. I mean, I don't know. I mean. I sometimes look at women and I think you don't realise what power you have over men. You haven't got a clue. You know, some women can... I, well, I personally find some women can get so so sensitive and not realise the sexual prowess that they hold or can hold over men, really. You know, when... Let's take the example of when you a woman's walking down the street and say she gets wolf whistled by a builder. Most women would like squirm and run, and it's like no, you know, take that power, own it, turn around and go, yeah, all right, <laughs> you know, and proper own that situation, own your sexuality, and and overpower a man, although he's been. It may seem to a woman like you know they're going internal and squeamish over it. It's, you know, turn that on its head and, you know, give it back to them and go, all right, sunshine, <laughs> you know, get your pecker out or, you know, own it, own that situation. And I always think more women should be much more aware of their their strength and their, you know, their, their sexual strength over men. You know, most blokes have two brains, one's in their pants and one's in their head. So, and women have one very good brain. <laughs> so, you know, if they could... In, stop the internal emotional part of it of screaming and wanting to run away from the situation instead of owning the situation and turning it back on them I think I think they'd go a lot further you know it, it, they would go a lot further in in terms of that ownership mm, interesting so as a man who obviously understands how a man's mind works yet your attraction is to men do you kind of do you get like the whole what's straight do you feel like you get what straight men is what's going on in their heads when they're on the hunt for sex or whatever do you kind of feel like you relate yeah I mean whether gay or straight men are are exactly the like you know they are as I said they have two brains one in their pants one in their head and you know one will overrule the other and I mean, not saying that every man out there is a sexual prowess, do you know, but the majority of men are. 
um, you know, ruled by their cocks. So it's um, when explaining that to uh, straight people, particularly alpha straight males who can't quite work, oh, you're, you're fucking queer. Um, it's like, I'm no different to you, do you know what I mean? And of course, if you go to a gay club, there's going to be a lot more sex going on because they're men who are seeking sex and are happy to have it freely. So, so yeah, so I kind of think that that's the main difference is really mm. um, between men and women, but whether gay or straight, men are exactly the same. So do you think, so you don't think women are ruled by their vaginas? Um... I don't think women are so much ruled by their vaginas. Don't get me wrong, there's, there's always difference to the rules. And I do think you get some women who are very sexually confident and very proud um, and, and, you know, and sexually motivated. That That's, you know, also true. But they're... I don't know, I think in our society or something like that, when you see uh, a sexually strong woman... Um, who's out there and, and looking for, for sex, she can pick that up and find it so much more easier than, a, say, a straight man, I think, because she's taking control again of that situation and, and owning it. I kind of... Yeah, that's that's what I think, really. Mm. So what do you... Oh, yeah. What do you, what do you know about the clitoris? Do you know much about it? Um, what do I know about the clitoris? Well, <laughs> from what I know of the clitoris is that it's um, the most sensitive spot on a woman's vagina. Um, it's the like the pubic bone, really, I think. Um, and I don't know. It's it's like a little, I don't know how to describe it, like a little knob <laughs> poking through the the two lips of a vagina what are they called libria like what are they labia. called labia labia, <laughs> labia whatever labrador and <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah so the vagina is like the sexual point which is which would make a woman come yeah you know recently they um did a 3d model of kind of the clit and the entire you know the shape of all of the organ inside yeah. so actually that little nub is just a it's a tiny tiny tip of the iceberg um do you feel like there's more sort of of a mystery around vaginas and how they work as opposed to cocks um is it more of a mystery? yeah well the mystery is, is cocks are when they you know, cocks are designed for, they just want to come <laughs> and it's a lot more easier and you can see it. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's all out there. So, um, whereas we've, you know, if a clitoris is just the beginning or the surface of it and there's a whole lot more going on behind the scenes, I think that, that pretty much explains the differences between the sexes. <laughs> there is, women might show something, but there's a lot more going on behind the scenes. Whereas men might say something or do something and, that is what they think and do. It's, that's the difference. Maybe our sexual organs are telling us. Yes. yes. Um, do you think it's possible for a man to be a feminist and be sympathetic to like the the female agenda? Do I think a man could be a feminist um, and sympathetic towards women? Um. Initially, I'd say no. I don't think men can be feminists 
because to be a feminist you are about being a proud woman it's about the you know the female gender the female form and I don't think men can be can have that power in it I think we can be sympathizers and you know and I think and give support and and support and caring and kind of show that support to women in terms of being a feminist and stuff um but I think I think also the word feminism has changed over the years. So when feminism first started and it was about burning of bras and and kind of being out there and being very forefront in their opinions and stuff like that, it was always shaded off as bloody lesbians and, you know, coming around here to create, um, just to create, really, because they can and they're women and that's what they want to do. Whereas I think over the years, and particularly nowadays, feminism is different because it's about embodiment of the female form or you know like the women's march that's going on today um across the world it's you know they are feminists they are showing solidarity and strong and um i think men can be supportive of that but i don't think they could be a feminist themselves in terms of gender equality i guess so often gay men are identified with women more because they're both marginalized but more i guess because you know, like, oh, you're a sissy if you cry. So, like, if you're a man and you display, you display female qualities, then you're, you know, you're weak or whatever. Do you ever find that you can relate to that, like, that? do you kind of approve of the gender equality movement because of the fact that you're a gay and you have those sorts of experiences? Um, I think being a gay guy and looking at gender equality and you know, looking at the differences between gender and, like, in the workplace or something like that, you know, it's still very apparent through facts and figures that women do get paid less um, than men for their job. But then, you know, are are we competing in the same arena for the types of jobs which are high paid? Um, I would guess not completely. I think our, they're quite different arenas. I mean, you never see a female scaffolder, do you? So, you know, there's quite a different job role in that sense. Yeah, scaffolders get paid extremely well. Um, so I think depending upon the job and stuff like that, I, you know, the, the pay gap will will increase as time goes on. Sorry, will decrease, sorry, as time goes on. And I think the equality of, of men and women working will, will eventually settle itself out. But, you know, there are certain jobs which men don't want to do and there's certain jobs that women might want to do and I think that will always be quite apparent so there'll never be complete equal equilibrium between the two um but there are equalities between the two so like historically nurses used to be seen as a female job and now you get male nurses and etc so it kind of goes in that sense really yeah how do you feel about the whole um do you have you ever experienced it where because you're gay, though, people are like, oh, like, or when men cry and they show weakness, they're kind of called girly, or... Do yeah. You, do you... Have you ever experienced that sort of thing? I think, well, growing up, I experienced, um, you know, alpha male, you have to be a macho man, what are you crying about? I will give you something to fucking cry about in a minute. Kind of attitude. Um, and I grew up around that, so... I mean, it was tough, and it was kind of, or perceived as tough love, and it's good for me to make me more thick-skinned. Um, and then, yeah, you know, it was always stop acting like a girl in that sense when growing up. But I think I think now being an adult and 
I think also within the modern day is when you, I don't know, because I live in Brighton and it's much more lefty and liberal that when you see a man cry, you know, you, you kind of stop and you're, you want to know why, you want to help them, do you know? So I don't think it's really seen as girly or or effeminate or shit or something like that. I, I kind of, I think times have changed. People understand, you know, even the taboo of mental health has changed of late and more and more people are realising that that people need to cry their tears that needs to happen nice I like it um so do you just have you ever experienced um kind of abuse for your sexual preference and society's treatment of you or is Brighton like just a good place to be so you don't really um well you would think Brighton's a great place to be as a gay um but I have come across homophobia here um and it does happen I mean it, homophobia happens anywhere um prime example of I'm I was quite young so I must have been in my early 20s I've been living in Brighton for a couple of years I was walking down St James's Street which is known as the gay village and um and I was just walking down the street and suddenly a four-wheel, uh, like, Land Rover stopped. It was full of chavvy, like, about five chavvy lads. You know, the typical kind of standard lads that you you imagine with, you know, earring, golded hooped earrings, sovereign rings on, you know, real kind of like their trackies and that on. And they all just, they went, you fucking faggot, you fucking faggot. I was pointing their fingers at me like a football chant. And I just stood there and I started laughing. And I just went, yes, I fucking am. Yes, I fucking am. Because <laughs> it was like, I don't know how else to deal with that situation. I'm not going to run away from them. You know, if they want they want to point out the obvious, then okay, oh, I'll point it out back. <laughs> Do you know, that's that's the way I am. Thankfully, I've got the confidence to kind of deal with that shit or do you know head on and I mean obviously it could have gone worse but it has it didn't and it was fine you know again coming from where I'm from and growing up in quite a um a chavvy kind of background really of like council estates and stuff and always being called a faggot or a queer and and you sound like a girl and all this other kind of shit when growing up and then as a teenager as well, you're... I mean, teenage years are fucking awful. Who who liked being a teenager? I don't think I know anyone who liked being a teenager. Um, let alone trying to be a gay... You know, come out gay to yourself or find your sexual preference within all of that. Um, it, it was, yeah, crazy. But then when you um, watch... I completely lost my train of thought on that. It was just... Yeah, it's bullshit. Growing up as a teenager is bullshit for anyone, let alone being gay. And then people pointing out their the differences or trying to you know humiliate you by being who you are well they can all just go fuck themselves as well you know and power to the gays power to the women <laughs> and power to men actually as well yeah, yeah. um and finally uh i just wanted to ask like because Bryson's got quite a big gay culture how do gay men and gay women relate to each other so lesbian groups and gay men like how does that dynamic work? I think being in Brighton, we're quite lucky um, in terms of there is a gay, there is a gay village, and you know, you it, it's not it's nowhere near as apparent as it is in some other cities. So if you were to go to Manchester, the gay the gay village there is an actual village. It's 
shed loads of clubs it's a couple of streets the main street you know canal street and it's very much centered in that one place whereas with brighton um and again say manchester is very similar to like in london there's that one place which is mainly kind of gay and with a few clubs split off round and um, with brighton it's kind of stayed in one place and you've got the more core kind of places of gay bars but um gays and lesbians and straights we in brighton very much intermingle and mix it's you know and i think i think when people are coming here hoping for an amazing gay scene they, they feel a little bit let down by that but in my eyes i'm not let down by that because it's much more integrated across the city you know i don't feel i need to go to st james street or into kemp town to go to a gay bar um you know to feel to feel accepted by going out for a drink or do you know like in that sense it's i can go anywhere in brian i can go into any bar and i feel very privileged to be able to do that and if i am with my boyfriend or you know partner or whoever um we can hold hands and no one actually really bats an eyelid don't get me wrong you might get the odd comment but it's nothing really to deal with but then and that's the same for gays and lesbians throughout the whole of brighton they can you know, we do and we all just integrate and get on with it i think Lesbians and gays communicate fairly well, and I've been out on um, I've been out with a couple of friends who are lesbians uh, to a nightclub called Wet Pussy, and um, I ended up getting so drunk at Wet Pussy, and I mean it was filled with lesbians and some stunning ones, some butch ones, so the whole the whole shebang. Um, but with a name like Wet Pussy, it's hilarious. <laughs> um, but anyway, I got so drunk at this place. That I ended up cracking on to what I thought was a man, um, and it transpired that it was a woman. <laughs> I wanted the ground to swallow me whole. <laughs> it was awful. Why do you think uh, lesbians would want to have lesbian-only bars? Um, because they don't want they. The, sorry, the reason why uh, lesbians kind of want their own bars or their own place is they. The agenda, again, it comes down to the battle of the sexes. Our, our agendas are quite different in some respects. I mean, don't get me, um, men go out and they want to party and and kind of they generally, the perception is that we go out and we want to party and we want to fuck. Women want to be able to go somewhere and party but talk. And they, the, the dating seems very different to lesbians to gays, I feel. Um, they're not so much more promiscuous. But then saying that, I do know lesbians who are extremely promiscuous, <laughs> just as bad as gays, but it seems on a greater scale that they're not. There's less promiscuous lesbians than there are gay men. So, overall, you would say that w women having sex <coughs> with women um, and being into pussy is like there's like a bigger package that they're looking for. Overall, I'd say um, lesbians are looking for a bigger pack. Well, I'd say it's just different. The way they approach relationships or what they're looking for is different. So I always make a bit of a joke that, you know, lesbians, before they have sex, they will discuss about how they self-harmed as a teenager and then have sex after that. <laughs> they like to discuss the complete emotional nitty-gritty of everything and then have sex gay men i don't want to hear your shit just get your knob out let's have some fun and i'll put you in a taxi see you later <laughs> and that's it amazing, amazing. 
from what you know of lesbian sex, um, like it can be quite adventurous, right? With like uh, substitute willies involved, etc. Yeah. So I, I, I used to live with a lesbian, um, and. I've lived with a couple of lesbians and, you know, got quite a lot of lesbian friends, actually. Um, a lot of black friends as well. <laughs> Sorry, I always feel like the need to say shit like that. People are like, oh, I've got loads of black friends and oh, I've got loads of gay friends. It's just like, it's hilarious. <laughs> All my friends are gay. All my friends are gay. All my friends are lesbians. They're, they're massive dykes. <laughs> no, so living with a lesbian and hearing their sexual antics um i'm sure she heard well i know she heard mine <laughs> um they are they're dirty bitches and good luck to them i mean out pops the double-ended dildos out pop the strap-ons um the vibrators the little vibrating bullets the lubricant and um, all they need is a bottle of poppers and i think they'd be well away <laughs> Thanks for listening. As I said at the start, we want as many different voices on here as possible, so if you think you can bring an interesting or provocative perspective, sign up at thevaginamanalogues.com. See you next time.